What happens when grown adults decide to rock? That is tangentially the topic of my discussion with guitarist Matt Derwin from the band Buttercup, who is celebrating a CD release party uh, tonight, December 14th, at the Heavy Anchor in St. Louis, Missouri, near the historic Bevo Mill. Let's get into that discussion now on the General Concerns Program. All right, so this um, CD release. Yeah. Let's get into that. Um, when did you guys start recording this? Oh, I want to say it was back in maybe June or July. We recorded it at Firebrand. Um, and uh, the last two we recorded with Tazu Marshall at um, Utopia. This one, I'm not sure why we made the decision to record it at Firebrand, but I want to say it was July that we did it. And um, but we still had Tazu mix the thing. No, so okay. he's been he was working on that very diligently for several months. He's very good. He is. Yeah. Um, I used to play a lot of shows with uh, his old band, The Other Side. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember The Other Side. They were they were a very University City band. Um, uh, so, how old are these songs? Um, not very old. No. Um, I mean. We're sort of kind of always playing catch up with our recording. Like we will, we push songs into our set like as they're written. So by the time we were recording this batch of songs, I think all but one or two of them were like regular parts of our set. Um, and we go through spurts where we write pretty quick, um, but then we might like, you know, take time off or something and not write anything so you know these songs have probably been in our set for some of them around a year yeah okay yeah i think i think one or two of them we've only been playing out a couple months but uh but yeah for the most part we've been playing this set for a minute all right so we're going to listen to happy animals taste better from buttercup's new release entitled I can't believe it's not Buttercup. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think that's, my the, coffee. that's yeah. the way you should always say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Buttercup. There should be diacriticals for that. <laughs> Maybe that's what the diacriticals are. Okay, very good. Let's have a listen.
So tell me about that song. Well, that song is um, one of my personal favorites. Uh, it's just got like a cool groove. I, I think that one was the way we typically write is, um, you know, someone will come in with one or two parts and we'll all kind of, you know, uh, come up with our own things, um, you know, there isn't any one person that like drives the songwriting in our band. Um, you know, Brian, Lindsay and myself are the ones that tend to bring in most of the material. Um, this one was pretty much all Brian and Lindsay bringing in the material Uh, or, you know, it happens enough that we're just like messing around in practice or checking something and someone's playing something to check their volume. And we're like, Oh, that's cool. Let's just play with that for a little while. And, so I think this one was, um, I think that one was brought in by Brian, uh, initially. And then we just kind of, that one came together really, really fast. Um, some of them we really, you know, some of them can take months for us to put together. Um, the Yowie method. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one does the Yowie method, but <laughs> Yowie. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to play with, uh, Sean and Jeremiah and yeah. the nonprofits like way back uh-huh. before. Yeah. I guess that was like 1999. That was actually when I came back from Chicago, I came back from Chicago in 99 and I started playing with Sean and Jeremiah, um, and Bob Galloway and Ben, uh, what was his name? Snodgrass. <laughs> I just pulled that out of nowhere. I think that was his last name. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was pre Yowie and like, those those rehearsals were still pretty intense. It was like a it was a pretty like Mr. Bungle kind of yeah. kind of thing. But but you guys don't um, you guys don't go to those lengths. No, I, you know everybody just writes their parts, yeah. you know, and then we kind of debate how long a part is, like how we should transition into another part or whatever. But you know, I know that uh, you know like Sean and Jeremiah and and you know like that. I actually used to live downstairs from Jeremiah and he was explaining their songwriting process to me. And I was like, we couldn't ever do that. We'd never get anything (laughs) done. Um, But yeah, some songs, I I think a lot of people experience this. Some songs just write themselves almost. And other songs like that one, I remember coming together very, very quickly because, you know, like I personally have this, uh, idea that if I like that, you know, if we're working on something in in practice and I come back the next practice and I don't remember what I was playing, that probably wasn't the right part. Right. Um, 
but if we come back and I remember everything or like I'm leaving practice and it's stuck in my head, I'm like humming it, you know, whatever, then, you know, that sort of strikes me as like, you know, yeah, this is going to stick. But we have had songs that just took months to come together. And I think it's that we knew there was something there. It just like, and sometimes we won't even play anything different. It's just one day it like clicks and everybody just falls into where they're supposed to be and it sounds right um and that was very much one that just like came together really fast one thing that i noticed um about you guys' stuff just from you know the cursory listen that i've that i've given it is that you know while you have um sort of this uh well you use dissonance a lot yeah um of course, I mean it's a um, Brian Flesher to the band, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but at the same time, it's like there's still um, it's still pretty. As for being like post rock or post punk, mm-hmm. I would say it's more post rock than yeah. than post punk. It's still like relatively accessible. I mm-hmm. think you know, like it's it's out there, it's left of center, but it's still you know, it's music you can feel, it's music you can move to, that kind of thing, right? You know. Um, so I, I noticed that, I mean, do you guys have like a, a threshold, like a, a sort of guidelines when you're writing where you say, all right, this is, we've jumped the shark. Now we gotta, we gotta reel it in a little bit. No, I don't think so. I think that tends to happen naturally. Just if, if something's not coming together, we all just sort of sense that it's just gone a little too far in one direction along a particular axis. Um, you know that that sort of post rock uh, uh like quality or uh, i i think some of that comes from like you know the dissonance is there because we're all into you know experimental types of music or you know left of center types of music um you know like it's funny and not being boring yeah right i mean like i remember on the second album you know I, I i'm sure a lot of people experience this but i go through like phases with music where sometimes i'm just like eating up as much like new stuff as i can find or new as in so much as i haven't heard it um and then sometimes i just go back to old favorites and through a lot of that album i was like in a very king crimson state of mind so i was doing a lot of like you know, tritony kind of whole tony sort of um, uh, big resonance it, kind of stuff. Yeah, and I was doing a lot of I was using a lot of like modeling effects like um, flangers and phasers and stuff like that. Whereas like this one, you know, I was kind of in a um, Sonic Youth Jesus Lizard state of mind, and so there was a lot of noise in there and. I was going to mention Jesus Lizard, actually, and I think that probably comes from uh, Brian's bass tone, maybe. For sure, but that also is um, Matt, our drummer, that's his favorite band okay. ever. And, you know, I'm a child of the 90s, and somehow the Jesus Lizard, I had always heard the name, but they had just completely escaped me. And so and he's got the shirt that he wears all the time, and I was, and I read something... And I was like, yeah, I got to check out some Jesus Lizard. And he was like, okay, we'll start here. And so I started listening to Jesus Lizard. And I was like, my God, my own band makes way more sense to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But uh, 
you know, a little more of that like post rock stuff is like I still sometimes try and bring in a little bit of that like original jazz idea. Like I come from a classical and jazz back. I mean, I studied with Mark Deutsch. Right, Mark Deutsch, actually, yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of songs where I just play jazz chords over things, but I'll, you know, make them really gritty, throw some delay or something on there, and try and get these sort of big sounds. And and I think that's where some of that post-rock stuff comes in, whereas, like, Lindsay is very, very riff-oriented. Right. So, For our (laughs) listeners who um, missed out on the part of the conversation about Mark Deutsch, um you studied guitar yep. with Mark Deutsch yeah yeah i um i interviewed him for a potential piece of a, a little over a month ago mark deutsch is the inventor of the bazantar he's also a really really great jazz bassist uh classical bassist he plays he played with the symphony for some years didn't he the st did louis he? symphony i'm not sure i'm pretty sure he did but he's also uh, he also played tuba also for a while i think that sounds about right yeah <laughs> some some low-end horn instrument I right think. right yeah so um studying with mark that had to be a lot about like uh you know resonance and and harmonics and and things like that yeah i mean i was i was also concurrently like in college studying music theory and composition and oh wow a lot of like you know, when you study with Mark, there's a lot of music theory in there. And so... And it's interesting because he has this, you know, uh, sort of a very Eastern approach. Yep. But he has, like, the Western technical foundation yeah. to, to kind of, I don't know, counterbalance that or something. Well, you know, in the liner notes of his um, uh, album that he put out back in 99, I think... Um, he said something that I th- that that's always kind of stuck with me. He said that as much as he's influenced by, you know, Western classical music and Eastern classical music, rock is a huge influence for him because there's sort of a like lack of pretension there. Where like, if the next note is supposed to be an A, they're not going to like dance around it. Like the next note will be an A. Like there, it it doesn't meander too much most of the time so you know i think mark really has his feet in a number of different you know um thresholds oh for sure yeah Yeah. he um what was i gonna say i I just had a thought on the tip of this well this will get edited (laughs) uh shit All right, well, let's collect ourselves. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we should. What time is it here? Oh, you got a little bit of time, yeah? Yeah. You got to pick up your kid? Not until... I, actually, I don't have to pick him up as early as I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, he's supposed to have math tutoring, but I couldn't get him in, so I'm in no huge rush. Okay. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say. Um... Do you remember the uh, jam sessions, the open mics at the Red Sea? Oh, absolutely. And when, um, like, there were different hosts of that um, on different, like, at times you could see um, John Brown and uh, Hunter and the Skybop Fly guys. 
and then but um who was mark mark deutsch and uh henry claude mm-hmm. drummer i don't know if you remember him yeah but uh, they were they held court for the open mics for a while there and those sessions were just i mean the the level of improvisation and playing was just i mean oh yeah it was I, I I'd like to hear some recordings of them if they exist. If anyone if anyone has any, send them in. So um, you guys aren't label affiliated or mm. anything, are you? No. Nope. Well, that's good for you. Um, it seems like you probably get a lot more done that way. Well, we. I I think one thing that we I'm really happy with that we've managed to do is develop a. Uh, I mean. You know, uh, like any band, we work to develop a sound, but we've kind of got this um, like almost visual vocabulary also where things are a little goofy. We don't take a lot too seriously. Like all of our album artwork is almost like intentionally bad. You know, it's just like very, very, uh, you know, I, I hate to use this phrase because it's such a like, buzzword right now but diy you know okay um like our first album that cover was just this like drawing i had done on my ipad i laughed when i saw it one day yeah i was like yeah that's that kind of uh that kind of summed it up i was like all right i can kind of see where these guys are going mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> yeah cool so um you guys got distribution or no no any um spotify or streaming services stuff like that yeah i mean we're on spotify we're on apple music we're on Bandcamp. um you got any checks for seven cents yet <laughs> probably less than that like i got, I got my it. first check for streaming distribution it was literally seven cents Jeez. So. yeah yeah but i was surprised that was like two months after i you know got streaming distribution. right right so i was like wow this is amazing yeah <laughs> i i think that Bandcamp is the only no both albums i think are on spotify and Bandcamp, but apple music i think that it's only our second album that's on there right now yeah um which is kind of okay like that the where we are now is pretty substantially different than where we were on that first album do you guys get sales off of Bandcamp? uh that, that's I'd have to check with Lindsay. She's yeah. kind of the technical, and and actually, I should say at this point that this album would not have come together without Lindsay. Like she really put in a ton of work. It, in, in the uh, communication that we've had leading up to this, it seems like she's really, you know, yeah, she's keeping everything in its proper boxes. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if you saw the music video that we have out no i haven't oh yeah you should check that out i won't have to share that with our listeners yeah that started off as probably just some joke someone told after practice at uh we go to cbgb after practice a lot on wednesdays and i'm sure someone just said some something like oh remember becky queen of carpet and so that was like our promo video and then that turned into a music video and Lindsay was responsible for making all of that happen like she she is a video editor that's her day job uh-huh. and so she like shot and put together this whole music video and it is really impressive that she did it all herself in like a day i can't wait to see it yeah uh, a friend of mine 
had Thanksgiving dinner at Becky, the Queen of Carpets' house. Oh, really? Yeah, just <laughs> this year. They said she was a very gracious hostess, just uh, you know, glowing personality and just as kind as kind can be. So that was good news. You know, my, my dreams of who she is weren't shattered. <laughs> um, so how much um, playing out do you guys do? Uh, we play about a show a month. Yeah. Um, that's kind of our goal is like one show a month. But if there's something, you know, um, like particularly interesting that comes our way, we might, you know, put another one in there. Um, we try not to go too long between shows, but we try not to, you know, put them too close together either. Right. So, um, mostly St. Louis shows. Yeah. Uh, maybe about once a year we'll get out and play like, um, uh, let's see, uh, Louisville or, or where did we, uh, we were going to, um, Carbondale, like kind of on the regular i say that but like we only go out like once a year so no but um there's this like weird joint there called pk's which is allegedly short for pizza king though they do not nor have they ever served pizza (laughs) um but they pay really well for like touring bands um so we kind of made a point of like going there to like you know fund records and stuff so wow yeah one out of town show <laughs> to fund some records. That's that's pay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um any closing thoughts? Right now we're just trying to um you know, like we're kind of in writing mode now, like we finished recording, we're like, you know, about to release this album and you know, we haven't written anything in a little bit, so right now we're kind of focused on writing, like we have our set and we have a well of material to go to if we, you know, need to mix up the set a little bit. So it's, it's just kind of like, where are we going to go now? Right. I think we're, we're sort of in this point where we're all like really excited about like what, what sounds we're going to make. So I think we just kind of want to see what those sounds are going to be. Um, another thing I should really mention, um, is uh personally i think and i think i was talking to was it brian or matt who um i was talking to about this but uh whoever was agreed that like andy i think like really shines on this one yeah yeah he like i think of all of us has really developed um uh, you know, sort of more completely. Yeah. You know, the CD release party for, I can't believe it's not buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> you remember to say it that yeah, way. Yeah. Thinking you hit those diacriticals, right? <clears throat> um, is at the heavy anchor this Saturday. Is it? That's correct. This Saturday, the date is the, I can't remember. 14th, what, the 14th Saturday, December 14th at the heavy anchor. Um, that is with none other than the R6 implant yep. is the opener of the whole bill, right? 
I saw that today. Uh, the 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 times were listed, um, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. So I, I guess they're they're opening it. Well, that's going to be an amazing show. Yeah, Just, they're they're a really tough act to follow. I, like, <laughs> I was surprised to see that. I sort of thought we'd have them close it out. They but, do openers just to fuck with people. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> um, and then who else is, is on that? Is there an out of towner or is, is it all? No, they're all they're all locals. There's um, Blight Future. Okay. Which is a just top-notch punk band. I, I actually think to call them a punk band is post-hardcore. I think. Is yeah, I saw yeah, the that description. Might be. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so they're like along the lines of like Converge or or something like that. Yeah, the, you know, it's a little more sophisticated than your than your run-of-the-mill, you know, like yeah. Um, maybe some. What was the uh, Dillinger Escape Plan? Yeah. Maybe? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And then the other one was, do you remember? Super fun, yeah, yeah, rocket ship. I saw that described as comedy synth pop or something yeah. like that. You're, you're not familiar with super fun? No. I oh, man. I don't go out, man. <laughs> I don't go out much at all. Well, I quit drinking, so I, yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I don't go out much at all. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about. Yeah, so super fun, yeah, yeah, rocket ship, I think is the most entertaining group in St. Louis. Okay. Oh yeah, they they comedy is probably the first word I would use. They spend just as much time chatting, but amongst themselves <laughs> as they do playing, and it's always funny. Um, their songs are funny too, uh, and. Um, they're just yeah i mean they're just so much fun to watch how many people are in this just two just two guys. yeah it's like it's Corey and chris and chris is also in um pat sajak assassins are they like a sort of a tweedledee tweedledum kind of duo uh, i see so i think the way it works is i think Corey like sequences all of this music and then chris plays guitar over it and Corey sings i'm making air quotes um <laughs> and uh they play off each other really well and um yeah i mean they're it's it's hard it's really really hard to describe them um just because they're so so much fun well this is going to be an amazing bill yeah an amazing show yeah and you guys are releasing a cd and that's surprising that people are still putting cds out yeah (laughs) but nobody downloads anything anymore even because music is practically airborne these days so yeah, uh, so inside the um, CD packaging is a download code, I think, for oh. Bandcamp. So cool. you buy the CD, you get the download code. We also have shirts and all that kind of other merch. Super. Yeah. Fantastic. Matt Derwin of Buttercup. I mean, yeah. Buttercup. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being with me here today. Um, I look forward to being at the show on Saturday. Great. And uh, good talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. The General Concerns Program is produced by yours truly, John J. Goddard, for johnjgoddard.com. The show is made possible by the membership of listeners such as yourself. To become a member, visit johnjgoddard.com and review your options. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next time.